Hi everyone, welcome to the Energetic of Influence. I am Lacey Shamila, a self-projected projector and serial entrepreneur. Something that has been fascinating to me is how I managed to create success for myself by defying the rules I was given. I've been making five-figure months since I was 18 and hardly worked more than four days in a month. In network marketing, I created world success very rapidly without doing any of the things that we were taught we had to do. After finding human design in 2020, I finally understood why my methods for success worked so well for me. And I saw that it was not just a fluke. Earlier this year, I reached out to human design expert Eden Carpenter to explore this topic in more detail. How do our human designs change our roadmap to success as online entrepreneurs and influencers? These are our conversations. Enjoy. So this is all about owning your flops. Because I always think this. Whenever you start something, you're always going to be really bad at it. And I think if you just accept that, you can let go of so much fear and expectations. And your first video compared to your 100th or your 10th or your 50th, your first video is always going to look really awful. Actually, our podcast, I cringe to the point I'm like, girls, I want to delete them. They do not let me. That's free. Are horrendous. I hate them so much. But again, I even spoke to my friends. I was like, yeah, I was really bad at it because I just started. And as you go on, you get better and better. And now they're amazing. We get so many views and it's really growing and it's great. But yeah, the first ones are always going to be shocking. Have you had any experiences of where you're maybe like, oh, that's an awful video or do you delete them? What's your experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, the first ones are awful a lot of the time. This is a little bit off topic, but it will come back around. It's resonant with the topic, I swear. I was a competitive gymnast for nine years. When you are learning new skills, you're in a gym and there's an audience because there are parents sitting on the bleachers that have their little teeny tiny kids who are in the fun little classes. And it's so much more fun to watch the big girls, the girls who are throwing tricks and flipping and doing all of these cool things. Like, yes, they're watching their kids, but also these little kids are watching us. I grew up in a place where I was publicly, literally falling on my face in front of people every single day and being critiqued on how I was falling (laughs) and being told what I was doing wrong in the process so that I could get better and better. There's a first time you have to throw every single skill. There's a first time you have to throw it on the drill. There's the first time you have to actually throw it on the bar. I remember learning release moves and we have all of these drills. It's one thing to do the drill to be doing it on a mat or a trampoline bar or something like that, but to actually throw a flip and be like, okay, I'm going to look for the bar and try and catch it. And then you're just like from 10 feet in the air, just bam, belly flop onto the mat. That was the intention. But the first time you do that, it's nerve wracking. You're like, oh my God. And like, wow, everyone just saw me fall on my face and it made this thwack. <laughs> like everyone turns, it's like, yeah, there she goes again. Everyone knows that I'm falling on my face here. I see social media like that. We are getting really good at our content, but that means that we're going to have to practice. We do not get good at things without practicing. And I know that it's easy to look at a seven second video or a 10 second video and say, oh, they just captured that. It looks so seamless. It looks so easy. We make it look easy because we have practiced. So the gymnasts who were really making it look easy and they're flying and they're doing this and they're doing that, they're able to learn those new skills quickly because they've done similar things. They've learned other things. They've mastered other things in the area that support them in learning those new skills faster. So when you're making social media content, 
you're learning a skill. You're learning editing. You're learning communication. You're learning entertainment. You're learning how to express yourself. You're learning storytelling. You're learning marketing. You are learning so many different skills. Every single post that you post, even if it is a flop, it's a lesson for you. Maybe it's something that you thought was funny and then you put it out there and you're like, oh, okay. The internet has a slightly different sense of humor than me. That's okay. I can adjust. I can change. And it's not about changing who you are. It's about allowing yourself to be comfortable with adapting, but also you need feedback. You need that audience feedback. You need to know what your audience resonates with. That feedback from the universe, that feedback from your social media is going to inform how you continue to grow that skill. That's like throwing the scale and having your coach say, your toes aren't pointed or you're releasing too late. Your audience is there to support you in becoming a better content creator. They're gonna engage with the things that resonate with them and they're not gonna engage with the things that don't resonate with them. And that's also going to inform you. And of course, I'm not saying only create the things that get really high likes. I'm saying that you're going to learn a skill and it's going to come with flops. There's definitely videos that have typos and there's things where it posted the reel or whatever and the text isn't legible. Or and it's like the cat caught the end. I'm like, oh. Like, da da da. Yep, it's fine. It happens. And going back to when something bad happens, like being cancelled, because these things can come up mm-hmm. or people kind of put bad opinions out against you. What do we do if something like that does happen? You've got to regulate your nervous system first. And there's usually a lesson. People will get canceled, like cancel culture. I don't really like cancel culture. Mm. I think that it's usually a lot of projections. And there's also a lot of hero complex. You're holding somebody up to a very high pedestal. We are all human and no human is perfect. There have been situations where I'm tired and I say something and I'm like, did I really just say that? Like, that's not how I would really like to articulate that. We are all human. And so I think that if you are able to not judge other people, you will also find yourself being a little bit more accepted. But if something happens, like you're canceled or anything like that, we can use that hate video that I had as an example here. Check yourself, check yourself, check your integrity. Like, why did you post the thing that you posted? Where were you in that moment? What was the intention behind it? And if it was that you were trying to call somebody out, look at why your emotions were there. Because emotions are generated to initiate action. Emotions are created to fuel and give you motivation to take action. If I post something and it makes someone else angry, that anger is not necessarily coming from my post. That anger is coming from a memory that they have about something else. I remind them of something else. And so as long as you are posting with integrity and intention and you are open to learning, like we are all going to make mistakes. We are absolutely gonna make mistakes. There's gonna be things that flop. It is okay. You are learning, you are human. And I will say that humor is the medicine to shame. That's a gene key thing. But when we're in the energy of shame, it's like, oh my God, I cannot believe that I did that. That's so embarrassing, I wanna hide. And the humor is medicine to that. So we laugh, laugh if you can, like it's kind of funny. So that hate video, I laughed it off. Like, oh my God, this is kind of funny that someone could take something so out of context yeah. and, and make they turn it into this it. and make up all of these stories. I'm like, wow, 
I am the villain in her story. Okay, let me be that person for you. I can be the villain in somebody's story because I know that I am a massive contributor and teacher and healer in so many other stories. So you're going to use that moment to, if you did something, you're going to look back at your past self. And the biggest thing is that I don't want you to hold on to any regret or shame or emotion moving forward because that could be a traumatic experience that could be a a memory that could be something where your unconscious mind says important and then all of a sudden you have this hyper awareness and this hyper focus on posting on social media or something like that so if something does happen see if there's a lesson there for you and see if there's a way that you can laugh it off seeing if you can not resent it is the best part so i look at past me who posted some things based off of the information that she had and she was doing the absolute best that she could. She posted with the intention of sharing a fun message. She thought that she was clarifying something in human design. She thought that she was going to help people with that content. And so the intention behind like why I posted the thing that I posted was to help people. And so I'm not going to get mad at my past self. I'm not going to hold any resentment towards me for wanting to help people because I know that my intentions going into that situation were correct. If the message didn't land, if it didn't land the way that I wanted it to land, that is an opportunity for me to expand and clarify my communication. I use that as a thank you. Someone's confused about this, amazing. If one person's confused about it, when my audience grows, as my audience grows, as more people come into my world, more people are probably going to have the same question. So the one person being able to call you on something, being able to share with you something that they are seeing in your energy, you can take that, you can see that and you say, wow, thank you. And when you're able to meet people with that energy, it really deescalates the situation. I have been thanked for how I respond to angry messages. I had somebody who ordered a report from me and she wrote this whole thing afterwards. She's like, I thought it was going to be this. I thought it was going to have this. I thought it was going to be more detailed, more in depth. And I was able to respond and say, wow, you are much more advanced in your human design knowledge than most of the people who come to me and who accept and purchase this reading. Like congratulations on knowing your human design so deeply. That's incredible. And then I was able to answer the questions that she had and I was able to respond to it in such a way. And she wrote a thank you. She said, thank you for being able to respond to that in such a mature way. She asked for a refund. I said, I'll give you this refund. If you want, I'll give you this program too, because you were more advanced. And I asked for her feedback of how did I communicate this? What were your expectations going into this? How can I use that as an opportunity to clarify my message going forward? This is all stemming from the belief that everything is happening for me. Nothing is happening to me. So if you do get canceled, there's a lesson in there. I know that Angie Lee says that being canceled was one of the best things that happened to her. Yeah, she got canceled a couple of years ago. I don't even want to say it and misinterpret the situation, but I saw a post of hers recently that said that her getting canceled and losing a bunch of followers actually gave her the freedom to start expressing herself in a more authentic way. Canceling can be something that's really good for you. It can also maybe call out something that you need to heal. And this is really about the inner work. If there's some inner work that needs to be done, the internet will support you because people are intuitive. People pick up energy. They can tell 
if you have bad intentions. So as long as you go into any situation, you're sharing any post from a space of an open heart, clear intention, and you're willing to be human, you're willing to be wrong, you're willing to be imperfect, and you're willing to learn and grow, people love it when we're able to learn from our mistakes. Mm. People love it. They're like, wow, you're a real human. You acknowledge that you did something that maybe wasn't perfect, and you've decided that you're going to use this as an opportunity to improve yourself moving forward. Yeah, it's a growth from that. That's something that I've definitely experienced and I just wanted to kind of touch on a few things. How do you alchemize the shame? Because that's something I had. I didn't post for nearly five years. Just Mm. bits here and there. How do we do that? I'll say that the humor is one of the best. Like laughter is one of the best. Well, actually, funny enough, when the tape happened, I went away for a few days to a spa and then I went for dinner. And the waiter comes over and she's like, do you want a drink? And I was like, porn star martini. And I just went, Ah, and I started laughing so much it was like not really funny but to me it was hilarious and at that point I was like oh my goodness I can live I've laughed and it was so incredible you saying that because the laughter really did give me that okay I'm still alive I'm not dead if you can laugh you can kind of do anything again I thought I was never going to laugh or ever be happy again so just having that was great so I'm glad that you've shared that because I forgot that Every time something awful is happening in my life, whenever the laughter comes, we can find... It's really hard to find funny stuff in some of the shame though, isn't it? It can be, but it's also... It can be super simple. Like, I watched this video. It was about sandwiches being cut in the wrong way. And the kid is crying. They're super mad. It was supposed to be triangles and it's squares. I'm sorry I did something wrong. Like, I didn't cut it the correct way. I'm, I'm terrible. Or you can laugh about it. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, ah, what are we going to do? He wanted squares and mommy cut triangles. That's so silly. Silly me. Like, I'm so silly. I can't believe I did that. Like, that's so funny. If we can do it with children, we can do it in our content as well. And there's things like typos. I've sent out the wrong link before with messy. I wanted to give everyone on the wait list access to the mini mess like a couple of free episodes and I accidentally gave everyone access to Messi. A couple hundred people I gave them the wrong link. Wow. And so I was like, oops, <laughs> it wouldn't be messy if it wasn't like messy. Me. <laughs> like making a mess with the launch. I even double checked the links. I like thought I'd done all of the things. I'm like, that's so silly that my titles are all so similar and like the branding for the mini mess and messy. All of the things look so similar on the back and like that's funny what I did was I just shifted the things a little bit I actually just took out and I cloned the messy offer took out what I needed to so they actually did have the right thing I shifted it I fixed it and I sent out an email said oopsie daisies like I made a mistake did not mean to give you all access to messy thank you for letting me know that I did the wrong thing and here's exactly what you needed to get because I'm not perfect. I miss links sometimes. I don't spell things correctly. It's really refreshing to hear that from such a huge business owner. (laughs) It's like, okay, all the pressure's gone. (laughs) I had months working up to that launch. It was a launch that I was like doing everything slow. I'm doing it intentionally. And I still messed up by giving out the wrong link. That's fine. There's even things now where there's the welcome email sequence that I wanted to have in place. And I am just now getting it written. And so it's taking me a little bit longer than I thought it would. 
I'm not ashamed of that. Everything is getting out exactly when it needs to get out. I am not perfect. Where shame comes from is judgment. You're judging yourself and you're feeling like I shouldn't have done something and that's resentment. And so there's anger involved in shame. You're angry at a past version of yourself for making a mistake. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that. We've talked about wherever that shouldn't is. Mm -hmm. There's anger. And so your body is just saying that that was a really intense experience. And so our bodies will pull really intense experiences because those memories hold so much emotional intensity and that intense emotion is so much energy. Anytime you think about the sex tape, there's a lot of like, this is important. And now you have very strong boundaries around things that you're gonna do and your boundaries around what you're gonna say yes to, what you won't say yes to. And so you have protected future use boundaries because you've had that experience. There's always a benefit. You can always find a silver lining. Even if it's difficult to do it now, you can probably laugh at it. Even if it's a cynical joke, like get sarcastic about it. Be super cynical. Yeah. I love when people can laugh about their trauma. Yeah. Like, it's not... I think if it comes from an authentic place, mm-hmm. because I think I used to laugh off my trauma before because it was too hurtful for me to touch yeah. it. So now I really can come across online in my full vulnerability, my truest self, because I have done that in a work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we need to get across to people that if there is shame and trauma there and you don't feel you can go and show up online... You do need to really go in and do that inner work and really go connect to yourself and find yourself because it's great now I can really laugh at stuff, but I also do witness now that I'm like, okay, that we were laughing about something the other day about what my mum used to do to us when we were young. It was really traumatic, it was actually quite racist. <laughs> and it was like, we were all laughing about it at the table and afterwards I was like, oh, that was pretty deep actually. And I had to go and check in on myself. I'm like, okay, that was yeah. quite a hurtful time. I didn't realise that hurt me. I'd, I've always made it funny. So as well as that, like going and check in with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's really helped me that I'll just share before we end is that I've witnessed that I have a mind and I am a soul. So mm-hmm. I'm a soul having human experience. So I witnessed the mind and its stories and the stories would tell me I'm such a bad person and I don't deserve this and that because I made this wrong decision. And the more I start to sit and meditate and witness that stuff, the more I then start to detach from it. So I started to be like, oh, it's just a story. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a story. And I was witnessing, witnessing, witnessing. And in the end, it just ends up getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. So I was really want to share that with people because mm-hmm. there may be some people on this that are too scared to cross that line. And I really believe to cross the line of vulnerability to get your true self to shine in your brightest light. Yeah. It is just, again, the shame and the stories that you're holding against yourself. It really is. And it takes time to decondition yourself. Mm-hmm. I didn't post anything for five years, but really a a year of deep inner work. I kind of set myself out away from people. I went in solitude. I really connected to myself. I had to quiet the noise around me because I found when you are in deep shame or when you are really traumatized by something, you want noise. You don't want to be alone. You want to hang out with people all the time. You're constantly on the phone. I'd always been on the phone to someone I couldn't be by myself or in silence because I guess when the thoughts would start. Whereas then I had to just take the time for the last year, pretty much a bit less of sitting by myself and really sitting with them and crying when I needed to cry and screaming Mm -hmm. when I needed to scream and pain when I needed to feel the pain. And I always say the other side of this really crappy storm is bliss. Yeah. So don't like, I want everyone to know that if they're going through this, we've all been there. You've had to be there too. I know you like Mm -hmm. stories of you that we've shared that you've sit through the pain to get to the other mm-hmm. side and the other side then you can then go share with people yeah. and the lessons come and now I can see all the positives of the tape five years later I'm like 
there's so many positives here. Look at me now, I'm amazing. And I'm now getting that to other people. Like my story is now to help so many other people by watching that story. And that's so beautiful. So it might not be just now. You might take this course and be like, I'm still not ready. And you're like, you need a year or two years or five years. I don't know how you're going to need to decondition and to regulate the nervous system in order to be able to shine and be a true mm -hmm. self. But what this course really is, is the potential and what everyone has in there yeah. to be able to give and yeah. to, to influence the mm -hmm. world. Yeah. I have one more thing. When alchemizing shame, you can really just shift your perspective. So the other day I was on a call with my coach and I brought up, I'm like, okay, I've had a couple of refund requests for Massey and I have this form that people are supposed to give me feedback in order to request the refund just because I want that information. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong because like both of the people that have asked for a refund have said that they think it's a great program. They wanted to experience my magic and then they got into the program and it's just not for them and i'm like well how is it not for them it's so well communicated i'm looking for the problem like what am i doing wrong what am i doing wrong and my coach asked me like what percentage of people are asking for a refund I'm like well two people it's so like <laughs> less than one percent we just literally were cry laughing she said less than one percent she said more bibles have been returned than that you have higher profit margins than Jesus. <laughs> and so we just like put it into perspective of industry standards or like 20 to 30% return rates or something like that. For like books, it, like that's information. I kind of work in the information world, but like 20 to 30% of books are returned. Even clothing, like I buy a lot of clothing and then I'll go back and return a bunch of things that don't fit. Yeah. We have to try it on in our own space to somehow adjust the dressing yes, room. I, I need to see it with my shoes, with my bra, all of the things. Yeah, for sure. I need to see it in my own environment and see if I like who I am tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, you have to just like put it into perspective. So if you're really close and like, oh my gosh, this feels like such a big deal. How can you really step back and tell it's not that big of a deal because yes when you're really close to it like right after the sex tape happened you're probably like my life is over oh, everything is over like when that video in public i'm like this is it this is the moment that everyone's like she's a fraud she doesn't know what she's talking about my entire business is going to crumble i was worried that people were going to reach out to me and want to leave all of my programs and not want to be associated with me anymore because of all of this drama and none of that happened none of that happened so zoom out a little bit you're zooming in on something, probably. Is it really as big of a deal as you're making it? Mm. Do you feel like we've been very vulnerable in this? Yeah, we have. We have.